Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Good to see y'all here. Glad that you've joined us here at Rivers Church. Whether it's your first time or you've been here for a while, we're just super glad that you're here. And I'm looking forward to having some fun with y'all today. I hope you're planning on sticking around, eating some barbecued burgers with us afterwards, playing some games. Uh, Amy and I have to defend our cornhole championship today. I love family month is so fun. Love Family Month, and, and hopefully you got one of these bracelets when you walked in. If you didn't get one of these, do we have any more of these? We ran out last week. Seriously? Oh my goodness. I did, I did not know that. So uh, maybe we'll order some more for you and get you some more for those of you who didn't get one. But if you got one, I'd encourage you to wear it. If you don't want to wear it, bring it back and give it to somebody else. <laughs> um, but this is just a reminder for us. Pray for your family whenever you look at that. And pray for your church family. Pray for us. Pray for God to move in and amongst us. God's doing a new thing right now. I love what God is doing. We just want to pray that God continues to do what he is doing here in this community. So I look forward to having fun and hanging out with you today and plan again next Sunday to stick around. You heard about the the dunk tank. So I I want to, if you want to dunk Pastor John Mark, if you want to dunk Louie, I think we need to get Louie in the dunk tank. Um, that would be great. So we're gonna have some fun next week and there's gonna be some free food today and next week as well. And uh, there's some other uh, carnival games. Next week is carnival games. So we're gonna have some fun with that. Family month is super fun around here. And so I I just just love February. All right, well, hey, let's go to another scripture here in Romans. We just read Romans 8. Apologize that it wasn't on the screen there. Romans 12. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. When you and I come to Jesus, we are coming to him to really lay our life down and give it to him. We surrendered him. We die to him. And the reason is because we find life in him. So in order for you and I to find life and hope and peace in Jesus, we got to lay ourselves down. We die to ourselves. And so Paul is saying right here that really we're living sacrifices. We're dying, but we're still alive. So we're a living sacrifice. And it's worth it because of who Jesus is and for what he does in our life. And he goes on to say, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, 
is pleasing and his perfect will. So God's got plans for you. Did you know that? God's got a will for you in your life. It is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect just for you. And so it's important for you and I to discover what is your plans for me, God? What is your will? And do our best to stay right in the center of his will for our life. And how you and I are able to do that, how we're able to discern what God's will is, is when we allow him to transform our life. How? By the renewing of our mind. As we continue to allow him to do that, and he transforms us by the renewing of our mind, then we're able to discern what his will is for our life. And I want you to experience the life transformation that Jesus has for you. So today, I got some information for you. You're going to get some information, some new information, lots of information. But my prayer is really that I point you to Jesus and that you allow him to bring transformation in your life through the information. I don't want to just give you information. I want you to experience the transforming power of who Jesus is. And that happens by the renewing of our mind. So I think it's no secret that we sometimes struggle in our thought life, right? You ever go there? You start thinking negative thoughts, wrong thoughts, bad thoughts. Like we can sometimes go to bad, wrong, discouraging places in our mind. And then those can dictate how we experience life. Have you noticed? Have you ever believed something to be true and you're really upset and really mad about it only to find out that what you believed was wrong? And you felt really bad about it? Like, why did I get all in a fit about that when it wasn't even real? But it felt real because I believed it was real, right? It's amazing how that can happen. A couple weeks ago, I had a chance to go to Tampa. First time going to Tampa, super cool uh, experience. I got to go and meet with Pastor Amy. We have a discipleship coach who's discipling us and how to make disciples who make disciples. So I got to go meet with him, got to visit a couple of other ministries that are doing discipleship really well. It was a really cool trip for me. And on the last day, I didn't have any appointments, didn't have anything to do, just turned my rental car in by noon so I could get to the airport and catch my flight and come home. But I'd heard about this place in Tampa Bay where all the manatees gather in the winter. And I thought, that sounds really cool. I want to go see the manatees. <laughs> Apparently, the water is really cold in Tampa Bay, but in this one spot in the bay, it's warm in the winter. So they all gather there and they have a viewing area all around it. You can go and you can look at all the manatees and there's even sharks in there. And I thought, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to do this. And so as I'm driving there that day, I had this thought. I better check the time of my flight again, just to make sure. You ever, you ever been there? Like, I need to make sure that, because in my mind, I'm thinking, drop the rental car off at noon and then I have enough time. Uh, and so I looked on my phone and my flight left at noon and instantly my heart sunk. I'm like, no. Oh, I started stressing. I instantly started sweating. This ever happened? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time now to drive to the rental car place, check in my car, get transported to the airport, go through the tram, go through security, check in my, all that kind of stuff and get to the, get, I, I'm going to miss my plane. I was so frustrated, so mad. I'm, I, I, I'm speeding, running all this construction. It was horrible. It was just messing with my patience and my attitude. Uh, about 10 minutes away from the rental car place, I'm calling. I'm like, hey, is the shuttle there? Uh, can you hold the shuttle for me? I'm going to be late for my plane. If you don't hold the shuttle for me, please. I'm like almost in tears. I show up. The shuttle's gone. I'm like, ah, I'm starting to look. I'm, I'm going to order an Uber. 
I'm just going to pay for an Uber just to get me to the airport. All of a sudden, the shuttle shows up. I'm like, sweet. The guy runs inside. I chase him into the office. I'm like, are you the shuttle driver? He's like, yeah, can you take me right now? Is that okay? Can right now? I'm going to miss my flight. He's like, sure. There's no one else that needs a ride. So he starts taking me to the airport. And he's like, I'm supposed to drop you off right here. How about I take you all the way to the terminal? I'm like, yes, thank you very much. Thank you, God. Favor of God is what I'm thinking. So I hand him a few bucks, run to the, to the ticket counter. I'm going to check my bag in. There's nobody at the counter. I'm like, what's going on? I'm looking around. This lady's just like, I've been waiting for a while. There's nobody here. And like, are they stuck in the back room? What's, I'm just waiting. I'm looking. You know, it's like, finally, I'm like, I'm going to miss my plane. And it's the counter people's fault. Well, more my fault, but I felt like it was their fault. But I decided I'm taking my luggage. I'm going for it. So I just ran to security and I'm going through security. And they're like, you haven't checked in your bag yet. I'm no, I know there's nobody at the counter and there was no one there to check in my bag. They're like, okay, but you can't take your hairspray. I'm like, that's fine. Just give me my bag. I'll lose my hairspray. That's fine. I jump on the tram after security and I get to my gate. I'm running to my gate. I'm sweating. I'm there with just a few minutes to spare. And once you know, there's nobody there. I look outside, the plane's gone. I'm like, what? I'm actually just a few minutes before it's supposed to leave. I should be okay, I thought. I'm looking around. There's another counter over there. I'm going to go talk to those employees over there and see if they can help me. And I look and I see, okay, this is my gate, uh, Denver. It's a layover in Denver. That's where I'm going. The flight leaves in two hours. (laughs) I'm looking around. They're all by myself. I'm like, did someone watch me run here? And like, you know, I just... I instantly, one of those moments, my heart fell again. I'm like, <sighs> seriously, I'm like, what did I just do to myself? You ever been mad at yourself? I went to my phone and I realized I looked at my calendar. My calendar says that my flight leaves at noon, but it was Arizona time, not Eastern time. It didn't adjust. I thought it adjusted. I looked at the wrong place. I did all of that based upon the wrong information. And I missed the stinking manatees, which I was really upset about. And so it's kind of funny when you look at situations like that now, in the moment, I wasn't laughing. I was really upset. Uh, But it's kind of funny now. You can laugh at me, it's okay. But here's the sad truth. Too often we find ourselves living life based upon wrong information. You and I are living a life based on a lie. That's what wrong information is. We, and what happens is these lies dictate and determine how we experience life. And that's a scary thing. You know, a lie is only powerful when we believe it. That's what makes it powerful. It's not true, but because I believe it's true, then it is true to me. And it determines how I think, how I act, everything about my life. You know, they say... All you have to do to get people to believe a lie is repeat the lie over and over again. Have you heard this? You just got to repeat the lie over and, and over again. Psychologists call this the illusory truth effect. It's kind of like a glitch in the, the human psyche. And if you repeat a lie to somebody over and over again, they're going to eventually believe it. And the reason why we believe those things, even though they're lies, repeated over and over again, is because we only use 10% of our brain. You heard that before? So since we only use 10% of our brain, we struggle to understand what is really true and what is, what is not true. And we, 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 we struggle with that. But the truth is, I just lied to you. Because we don't use 10% of our brain. That's a lie. But many people believe that because we've heard it over and over and over again. 
That's like if you're sick, you need to take a bunch of vitamin C. Vitamin C cures the common cold. Did you know that? It's actually not true, but we believe it because we've been told over and over and over again. Isn't that interesting? So last week, here's what we talked about. We talked about the replacement principle. Pastor John Mark gave a message on the replacement principle. Identify the lie, remove the lie, and replace it with the truth. So did you do that this last week? If you, if you heard the message, if you listened to it online or you were here last week, did you do that? Did you take some time to identify lies in your brain that you believe? If you didn't, I want to encourage you this week, make sure you, you make the time. Make the effort to do this because your future hinges on your ability to live according to truth, not lies. And so I'm going to give you some more homework today. That's going to be really uh, just a continuation of what Pastor John Mark gave us this week. But I want to encourage you, take the time to do what I'm going to give you today. And so today we're going to talk about the renew principle. It's the renew principle, how God renews our mind and how, when he does that, our life is transformed. Now, the book that we're using this series off of calls this principle the rewire principle for several different reasons. I like the renew principle instead of the rewire principle. Either way, I highly recommend this book. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind, same name as the series we're using right now. It's by Pastor Craig Groeschel. I went through this book last fall with a bunch of pastors, and it really impacted my life so much so that I thought we've got to go through this as a church today because there's a lot of us that are struggling, right? In fact, we all eventually at times struggle with our thought life. Some of us, more than others right now, need to deal with the thought patterns and the lies and the strongholds that are right here. So I went through this book with a bunch of pastors. The guy that led it, Pastor Jeff, he's part of the Arizona Ministry Network. He's actually a trained, licensed, studied counselor. And so he's like, guys, this book is so good. Every week he's talking about it. This book combines God's word and the power of God's word with CBT, and what I've been learning in my counseling, how I counsel people at CBT, not to be confused with CBD, <laughs> totally different. CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's what therapists and counselors were used. So this book really does combine a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy and the power of God's word to bring about life transformation through the renewing of the mind. Our mind is a battlefield. Have you noticed? Most of life's battles are won or lost right here in the mind, in this cranium that you have. So here's the good news. You have a spiritual weapon. You have weapons that God has given you. And I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We looked at this last week, so we'll just spend just a, a minute looking at it again to remind us, but this is so important. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So, those verses right there can be used as you pray for friends. Those are actually 
good evangelism prayers right there that you can pray for other people because there's people that you're praying for that need to experience the freedom and the power of Jesus, but they have arguments that they've set up against Jesus. They have lies that they believe. There's strongholds in their mind, and you can pray against those. You may not be able to argue against them, to convince them, but you can pray, and the Holy Spirit can do the work. You and I have spiritual weapons. Now, you can do this for yourself, too. Pray this over yourself. So right here, God's word tells us that you and I have the ability to monitor every single thought that goes through our life. You have the ability to monitor every thought. And the goal is this, that you and I would take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ, that all of our thoughts, as we train ourselves in this, all of our thoughts would glorify him, that they would be pleasing to him and they would help us. They would not be based on a lie or wrong thinking or negativity, they'd be based upon truth and who God is. So the goal is to make every thought obedient to Christ because every thought matters. Every single one of your thoughts matters. You know that? Like even the thoughts you're thinking right now. Your brain's always thinking. Have you noticed that? It's a thinking machine. It's, it just never stops. It's always going. You're having a conversation right now in your head. It's this thing we call self-talk that's going on right now. I heard this phrase years ago, this little saying. It says this, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your lifestyle. Watch your lifestyle, it becomes your destiny. Your destiny, your life starts right here with your thoughts. That's why it's so important for us to monitor what is going on in here. So if you want to change your life, you want to change your destiny, change your thoughts. So today I want to give you some practical tools that are going to help you do this. They're going to help you experience the renewal power of Jesus, and he's going to transform your life as you do these things. And so these tools are meant to train you. I want you to train yourself. Paul talks about train yourself in godliness, not just physical training. That's good. But train yourself to be godly, to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So this is not about trying. There's a difference between trying and training. Trying is, well, I tried and I failed, so forget it. Because when you try something and it doesn't work out, then you don't want to do it again, right? But if you're training, you know, I'm going to fail, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going I'm to go for it again. I'm going to keep practicing this. And so I want you to think about this in, in regards to training because our brain is wired to be trained. Did you know that? Your brain is designed to look for patterns, to create neurological pathways that will help you continue to think those same things over and over and over again and do what you're doing over and over again. This is why new thoughts and doing new things is awkward. It's very awkward. If you're trying to retrain your brain and, and, and allow God to renew your mind, at first it's very awkward because you are not used to it. Remember when you learned to ride a bike? It's awkward at first. Your brain's trying to figure this out, this whole balance thing and all this. And so you are training yourself, even mentally, to know how to do this. When you're learning an instrument, it's the same thing. When you're learning to play video games, it's the same thing, right? At first, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is awkward. But you train yourself. And you, over time, you practice, you practice, you practice. It's all about repetition, your brain is designed that over time, as you repeat things, you get it into what is called basically a mental rut. And mental ruts 
aren't necessarily bad when they're taking you in the right direction. Hey, this is also why you can drive home from work and pull in the driveway and then not even realize you drove home from work. Have you ever happened to anybody? <laughs> You're in there like, how did I get home? I have no recollection of that entire drive home. <laughs> that ever happened to you? It's because you're used to it. You've done it so many times, you don't even have to think about it. And that's kind of a scary thing. But every thought produces a neural pathway. And the more you travel that same pathway, the easier it is to travel down that same pathway. This is God's design, guys. This is really cool. God has designed us to create and fall into neurological ruts, but I would call those habits. They're just habits. That's what a neurological rut is, a habit. So some of us need to redig our ruts. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Psychologists, they talk about this thing called the law of exposure. And what that means is the mind absorbs and reflects what is it, it is exposed to the most. It's the law of exposure. My mind absorbs and then reflects what is exposed to the most. So the thoughts we allow into our minds are going to come out of our lives. This is honestly why I am so careful and guarded about what I watch and what I listen to, the music that I listen to. I am so extremely guarded about it because I want what I put into my life, into my brain and my thoughts to bring me closer to Jesus. That's what I want. And I'm willing to give up things that, are, that I don't need. They're going to pull me away from Jesus just to put into my brain things that are going to put me closer and draw me closer to Jesus. So this is the law of exposure. We're absorbing these messages constantly, and they come out of our life. Paul said this in the first century. He said the same thing, essentially, in the first century. We read this uh, earlier, but I'll just read two of the verses that Andrew read. Romans 8. Those who are dominated... By the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting your, the Spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. Hmm. And that's what I pray your mind leads to, is you're allowing the Spirit to fill you to consume you and to lead you, to control you, not your flesh, not your sinful nature, but the spirit who lives inside of you as a believer in Jesus, the spirit of God lives inside of you. Let him fill you and, and lead you so that you can experience the life and the peace that he has for you. So what this isn't is behavior modification. Let's be clear. This isn't like you need to behave better. We can fall into that trap of behavior modification, but that's all about outward appearance. And we can easily go there because we feel like if I just make sure I change all of my outward appearances, then people think I at least mostly have my life together. And I can feel good about how I present myself to other people. But this is not behavior modification. And the reason is because behavior modification does not work. It doesn't work. There's an issue inside, internally, that you and I need to address. That's why I gotta identify the lies, replace or remove it, and replace it with truth. See, here's the deal. Jesus is not into behavior modification. He's into life transformation. And so a lot of people will, will, will think or believe, I gotta clean myself up before I go to church. Or I gotta get better before I come to Jesus. I gotta stop doing this. No, Jesus says, just come to me right as you are. Like, I love you right where you're at. I love you. 
Come to me as you are, and, and we'll work this out together. And so he's like, don't, you don't have to worry about behavior modification. Just come to me, give me your life, and I'm gonna transform you from the inside out. Jesus is into life transformation. You see, we, we focus on the fruit, the fruit, what people see, but Jesus wants to focus on the root because the root is what really determines what the fruit is. Healthy root determines healthy fruit. And so Jesus wants us to make sure we take care of the root. And the root issue oftentimes is right here in our mind. It's in our thinking right here, right? So here's the life principle. Life, oh, now, before I get there, let me, let me say this. Okay, two practices I wanna give you. Two practices, if you write notes, if you're taking notes, write this down. Ruminate the word and declare the word. Ruminate the word and declare the word. If you don't have anything to write on, write it on your hand. Ruminate the word and declare the word. So here we go. Let's go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. I love Psalm 1. So good. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. The law of the Lord really is a reference to, in Scripture, the totality of Scripture, the whole Bible. They delight in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Joshua 1.8, God said this to Joshua and his, his people. He said, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You seeing the theme in these verses here? You wanna prosper and succeed uh, according to God in his ways, then what you and I need to do is meditate on the word of God. The more you get this in you, the more you can experience him and his life and the success and the prosperity he has for you. Now that word meditation is the word ruminate or rumination. Okay, so remember I said ruminate the word. And you know what rumination is, right? You know what it means to ruminate? It's what cows do. With their cud, they ruminate. So the cow gets the grass, chews the grass, swallows it, and then what's it do? It spits it back up. It throws it back up in its mouth, chews on it some more, swallows it, throws it back up, chews on it some more, swallows it. Come on, this doesn't just make you feel hungry right now. It's not a happy thought. That's rumination. Okay, do that with the word of God. Okay, you read it. You get into it. You think about it. You ponder it. You wrestle with it. It's like what you're doing, you're, you're, just, you're letting it get in you. It's like you're swallowing the word of God. It's not just like I read something intellectually and moved on with my day. I am stopping right here. I'm going to let this ruminate inside of me. It's going to go up and down all over in my body. I'm going to get this in me. And so you think about it. You memorize it. You, you think about it later on in the day. Again, you study it. Study the context of it. Uh, read every single word slowly. Ponder each word in that scripture verse. Okay, this is all meditation. This is all ruminating the word. You're letting it get in you. 
So you're not just reading it, but you're, you're studying it. You're thinking about it. You're memorizing it. You are wrestling with it. You are praying it. And as you do that, the word of God will get inside of you. You need to ruminate the word. This is meditation. Meditation is a good thing, by the way. There's you know, been people that are kind of weirded out by meditation. Like, isn't that some Eastern religion thing? Well, Eastern meditation teaches you to empty yourself. Just empty yourself of everything. But biblical meditation is you fill yourself with God. Fill yourself with him, with his presence, with his word. That's biblical meditation. It is a good thing. So why should I do this? Why should I meditate? Because the repetition creates new thought patterns in my life. And this is, friends, how Jesus renews your mind and changes your life. So here's the life principle. We repeat what we repeat. We repeat what we repeat. What you are continually telling yourself right here is what is continually coming out of your life. What you're speaking over yourself, what you believe determines the words you're saying and the life you're experiencing. What you repeat here continues to get repeated in our life. You repeat what you repeat. So we're continually doing the things that we tell ourselves to do. That's essentially what we're doing. So remember when I talked about the illusory truth effects, like we, we believe lies after they've been repeated to us over and over and over again. Okay, that's what's going on in our brain. You and I have been thinking things and repeating things to ourselves about ourselves, about other people, about situations over and over again, and we believe those things. And it is determining how we are experiencing relationships and how we are experiencing life. So we've got to identify what that is. Some of you, you constantly tell yourself, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. And you may never admit that out loud, but you tell yourself all the time right here. You compare yourself to other people. Now, why can't I? I'll never be close to God like them. I'll never be that spiritual. Or God could never forgive me. Not after what I... And, and you may not admit that, but again, you believe it. Because you tell yourself over and over and over and over again. Here's the deal, guys. If you want your thoughts to move in a new direction, you have to establish new patterns. It's about establishing new patterns in your mind. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do as you ruminate the word. I've had to do this so often in my life where I've realized I am stuck in some stinking thinking. I got some negativity. I got some lies that I've been believing. Just even this last year, there are several things that I found myself feeling and believing because I had been repeating it to myself over and over again. I'm not, I'm not a very good leader anymore. I'm not a very good pastor anymore. And it sounds even sad to admit publicly, but those are things that I was telling myself. You know, you tell yourself something enough, you begin believing it. I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough money for this. And here's the worst thing. I was having conversations in my mind with other people. You ever been there? <laughs> conversations in my mind with other people, and I was giving them a what for. I was arguing with, things, with people that have hurt me, and I, I should have said this. I need to say this. I'm going to say this. You know, I'm just, I'm having these conversations going in my mind, and I would find myself doing that for way too long, and all it did was cause anxiety to grow, anger, bitterness to grow inside of me, and I'm like, God, I need your help. I had to get into the Word of God and say, God, set me free. 
I don't know why I keep going here, but God, can you help me? And I got to ruminate the word and rewire and and let God renew my mind so I can begin to think things that are going to be pleasing to him and are going to help me. Things that are based in truth and they're not based in bitterness or falsehood or all that kind of stuff, okay? Romans 12, 2, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, okay? So got to ruminate the word and you got to declare the word. Here we go. Declare the word. I'm going to encourage you this week to write down some declaration statements or a declaration statement for your life. We gave you one when you handed in, but when you walked in today, we gave you when you walked in today a little card there. We're going to, we're going to look at that declaration in a few minutes, but here's what a declaration is. A declaration is a written statement based on God's word that you will repeat to yourself that reminds you of who you are, of who God has called you to be and how you're going to live your life. You need some declarations in your life that you write down and you repeat that are going to remind you of who you are, of who God has called you to be and how you are going to live your life. So last week, remember, we talked about the replacement principle. Identify the lie, remove the lie, and replace it with truth. If you want to stop living according to those lies, this is what you need to do. And so you're going to put some declaration statements together that you're going to begin to speak and declare over your life and over your family. And so here's how you can identify what should I write? What should my declaration or declarations be? Number one is answer this question. What stronghold is holding you back? What's the stronghold? For some of you, that's easy. You know exactly what it is. But you really haven't waged war in the mind and in the heavenlies like God has called you to. So some of us maybe need to pray and think about this. What stronghold is holding you back? Where are you being held hostage? Right here in your brain. Jesus is going to set you free. What are those constant thoughts that you are thinking over and over again? You're telling yourself that they're hurting you. They're destroying you. What is the stronghold holding you back? And I'll never, I'll never get out of debt. I've tried, never. I'll never be healthy. I'll never close to God. I'll never be married. It'll never happen. It's the things we tell ourselves. Maybe you got some addictions. You need to address those thought patterns in your mind. Those thoughts that consume you. I can't wait until to, to after work because I'm going to go and I'm going to feel like whatever it is. Those addictions, they just consume your mind. You think about it all day. Maybe you constantly tell yourself, no one really notices me cares about me. No one ever calls me, so therefore no one cares. There's nothing for me to be excited about. Maybe you compare yourself to other people. Why can't I make as much money as them? Why can't I have that job? Why can't my kids behave like their kids behave? Why can't, why can't, why we compare? Why is their life better than mine? And then we go on social media and we wonder why we continue to think that So find the scriptural truth and write it out. Write it out.
right out of state that creates emotional energy for you to, to think the right things. So maybe it's finances. Actually, we have today's Family Month Declaration deals with finances. Here's, a, here's another one in addition to that. As an example, this would be a declarative statement you could use. Money is not and never will be a problem for me. My God is an abundant provider who meets every need. Because I am blessed, I will always be a blessing. I will lead the way with irrational generosity because I know it's truly more blessed to give than to receive. It's a declaration right there. So what you're going to do is you're going to write it. Okay, write it down. Think it and confess it. Write it. Think it and confess it. And then what do you do? You do it again. Write it. Think it. Well, maybe you already wrote it. So think it and confess it. Think it. Confess it. given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Romans 8, we read this earlier when Andrew read that whole passage. Verse 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. You take scriptural truths like that, and this is what you can do. You can write out something, make something like this. God, I thank you that your spirit lives inside of me. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. You have not given me a spirit of fear. You have not given me a spirit of timidity. That does not come from you. I, I, I break that in the name of Jesus because you have given me a spirit of love. God, I pray that you'd fill me right now with your spirit of love again. You have given me a spirit of power. God, I want to walk today in a spirit of power. God, I am a man of self-discipline because you have given me a spirit of self-discipline. I am not lazy. I break laziness over my life, and I will walk in the spirit of self-discipline today. When you write out statements like that, you begin to speak it, you begin to declare it, and you watch how God begins to move in new ways in your life. Now, this is found in the book, but here's the, here's the fun thing. I've done this for years. I've done these declarations for years. I speak these on a regular basis over myself and over my family. I believe in these declarative statements. You and I need to declare the word. Declare the word. Speak the word. You're facing battles and temptations, what do you do? Isn't it amazing? We think we don't need to use the word God, the temptation, the battles, the struggles, the attacks of the enemy. But Jesus did. When Jesus faced the temptation in the desert, read this passage. Matthew and Luke, find it. Jesus said, oh, no, 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 devil. It is written. It is written. And he threw scripture right at the devil. If Jesus needed to use that, what makes you and I think we can stand up to the trials, the temptations, and the attacks of the enemy without using the truth of God's word? Hey, Jesus beat the devil with it is written. Come on, you can do the same thing. It is written. It is written. This is how I'm going to live my life. We need to use the word of God. Come on, you're battling anxiety. 
you're stressed out, you're struggling, don't go sit down and watch the office for four hours. You might feel good for a few moments, but it's not going to change your life. Hey, maybe just one episode and then spend a few hours right here. Get into the Word of God. This will change your life. This will set you free. Some of us, we can quote more office quotes than Scripture. Ooh, did I go there? I just want you to be free. And I think you discover the power of God. Some people are just thinking about God's Word. Jesus used God's Word. And also, when you go back to Genesis 1, one that God spoke, something existed out of nothing. Come on, you speak God's word. You watch something come from nothing. That's the power of God's word. So we're going to declare. Declare. And I went ahead and I wrote out just an adaption of some of what I use on a regular basis for my journal. And this is my declaration. I'll share with you part of my declaration of what I'll do on a regular basis. I'm a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. He has sent his spirit to live in me. Body submit to soul, soul submit to spirit, spirit submit to the spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me in everything I do today. Heavenly Father, I belong to you. I am your son. You love me. You are pleased with me. Sometimes I get emotional when I do this. By faith, I stand in your grace. My past is redeemed. My future, it's secure. My presence, it is found in you. I will live today unafraid and unashamed. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm a multiplier of disciples. I'm a multiplier of leaders. I will think, act, speak, and live for his glory today. I am a servant. I will lead my family in ministry with a servant heart today. I will be present with people, and I will love them. I'm a, I will shepherd with integrity of heart. I will lead with skillful hands, Psalm 78. I'm anointed. I am holy. I am pure. I am gifted. And I'm a faithful man of God. I demolish arguments and strongholds and every thought that goes against God. I take captive my thoughts and I make them obedient to Christ, 2 Corinthians 10. Lord, fill me with a spirit of wisdom and revelation today that I may know you better, Ephesians 1. I'm a disciple-making disciple of Jesus Christ. This is just part of what I would do in my declarations. Write out a statement that stirs you based upon the truth of the Word of God. I use way more scripture in there than I even referenced. That's your assignment this week. Ruminate the Word. Declare the Word. You watch what God begins to do in your life. Would you say? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.